1: Podcast Nation, Todd Yuri here. Before you listen to the latest podcast, I want to tell you about the Avadim Health podcast series. Evadum Health identifies unmet needs and addresses them in a way nobody has, with a portfolio of advanced safe product solutions across a broad range of health and wellness areas, including a well-known product that has supported the Pharmacy Podcast Network for some time, for your patients suffering with restless leg syndrome and muscle cr- theraworks relief i use this myself the avatom health podcast series is a three-part series find it on google by searching Avatum, spelled a-v-a-d-i-m Avatum and search Avatum health podcast it's a really interesting discussion on non-opioid pain relief check it out and remember to subscribe On Apple Podcasts, to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's entire library of content. And thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.
2: This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
0: Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy.
2: We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concern as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients.
0: And now, here are your hosts and pharmacy future leaders.
2: Welcome to
3: Pharmacy Future Leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am Joanne Pio, and I will be your host for today's show featuring our superstar guest, Christina Fritch a student pharmacist at Belmont University College of Pharmacy. Welcome, Christina.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited to be on today's episode, and I hope some of you listening can relate to some of my experiences in pharmacy school.
3: Well, since you gave us the headway, can you tell us about some of your experiences in pharmacy school?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. So before pharmacy school, I actually grew up around my parents' independent pharmacy, and I just loved watching them Connect with their patients, um, but I actually wasn't pre farm in undergrad. Um, during my time at UF, I knew I wanted to get into healthcare, but I thought that was through dental, PA, um, speech pathology, nutrition, etc. Um, and it wasn't until I went on a mission trip and I found myself hanging out in our makeshift pharmacy um, more than the actual dental area or medical area. So during my senior year, I realized that I could actually combine my love of teaching, nutrition, and business and Ultimately, that was a deciding factor and actually what led me to be enrolled in the PharmD MBA program. And then this past summer, I attended the uh, APHA, uh, ASP, Student Leadership Institute in Washington, D.C., which was just a highlight of my student pharmacist experience so far.
3: Interesting. You've done a lot so far. So tell us about the MBA program for our um, pharmacy listeners who are not like sure about that.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. So a few years ago, Belmont created a dual degree track for those that were interested in pursuing a PharmD. So they worked with our college of business to just figure out how the curriculum could overlap and allow students to graduate with both degrees at the same time. This program is held at night. So during the week we go to class with working professionals in the national area. And there's typically only around 25 of us at max. So it's really neat just to um, get to hear other people's experiences and where they're at today. We also attend classes year-round. So this can get a little tricky when you're trying to manage your fall schedule and spring schedule. But um, overall, I'm just so grateful that Belmont has this opportunity and I get to learn from my classmates and professors and their experiences.
3: And I'm sure it's like very hectic just doing two (laughs) degrees at one time. So
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it also has its... Pros: We got to go to Europe this summer with the healthcare MBA cohort, and we got to see just how healthcare is run overseas and um, learn about their insurance plans and just a really great perspective to have.
3: That's awesome. So what are some other um, pros of doing the MBA and um, pharmacy degree together?
2: Oh, gosh, there's honestly too many to list. Um, You know, I've always had a love for leadership and entrepreneurship. So this program really just feeds both of those passions. Um, And, you know, just like hearing the feedback from those working in the, you know, real world. (laughs) Uh, For example, a fellow classmate of mine uh, works as a distribution manager for a drug wholesaler warehouse in the area. So it's just neat to hear his side of the workflow and just allows you to gain, you know, a better understanding of the bigger picture of healthcare. And
3: what are some cons of doing two degrees simultaneously
2: well like you said earlier things can get a little hectic um so as far as just the workload goes i would say that's the biggest con um but ultimately just realizing your why behind whatever you're doing i feel like gives you the energy and perseverance to keep on going
3: um, it's an amazing accomplishment. You mentioned this in the beginning that you attended the Student Leadership Institute. Can you tell us about it? I, th- I believe that was with um, the American Pharmacists Association, APHA.
2: Yeah, that was great. This summer I got to go to D.C. to attend Summer Leadership Institute, also known as SLI. Um, and we were able to speak with our senators and House of Representatives to just explain H.R. 593, which is the provider status. Um, And, you know, just amazing opportunity, especially um, felt like I could combine my MBA and talk about costs and improved outcomes, and then also the clinical knowledge that I've gotten from the PharmD. So um, just got to meet some really incredible student pharmacists and staff and just love the opportunity.
3: So you mentioned HR 593, and you said that it's um, healthcare provider status. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and what that means?
2: So basically, pharmacists are lobbying for Medicare, um, for the ability to bill Medicare for our clinical services. And this would just expand the scope of pharmacy to get paid for what we're already providing, um, which is really great and um, necessary as the profession changes shape and new um, roles and responsibilities evolve with the pharmacy profession.
3: Yeah. So new leadership roles. Yeah. Um, So... Since this show is centering on leadership, what is a leader? Like, how would you define a leader?
2: Oh, gosh, that's a really tough question. Um, and I really don't think there's one definition of a leader. Um, I truly think leadership comes in all shapes and sizes. Um, but to me, you know, a leader is someone who can just see beyond the few feet in front of them and then guide others in that direction. So I think they're hopeful. Passionate and you know, most importantly, they're able to encourage others to just develop their own personal strengths. You know, pharmacy school is full of obstacles, so I feel like leaders are able to muster up that strength and encourage others despite those obstacles, which is why I came up with um, a little student pharmacist blog called Rx Take Heart, uh, which stems from a Bible verse uh, Be strong and take heart. So that's just been a fun, creative outlet for me. And hopefully it encourages other student pharmacists.
3: It does. I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> it's an amazing blog. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and then you mentioned something that leaders come in all shapes and sizes. And you're right. We have our you know, leaders in APHA or AMCP, but we also have our community leaders, our servant leaders who are going on mission trips. So one of my favorite quotes is by John Quincy Adams, and this like quote has kind of evolved to become the Pharmacy Future Leaders mission statement, which is, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. So that's my little favorite quote in terms of what I think a leader is. But like you said, leaders come in all shapes and sizes. Um, So since you went to the Student Leadership Institute, maybe you can share some fun tips with us on how to become an effective leader. Like what's your three top rules?
2: Well, I would say from SLI, they talked about do it well, make it fun. Um, So I've tried to incorporate that throughout the past year as our BSPA, Belmont Student Pharmacist Alliance president, um, just with retreats and themes and, um, you know, just all the things that we have to do, but trying to spice it up and make it fun. So whether that's a theme or, um, you know, just decorations and um, the marketing aspect, I just feel like that's been a really fun way to bring the team together and hopefully demonstrate good leadership skills through that. But, um, ultimately it does come down to clear communication, I would say is my number one, um, tip. (laughs) So I just think it's important to keep everybody in the loop when you are doing these fun projects and pushing the envelope a little bit. Um, you just got to keep everyone in the loop every step of the way, um, just so you avoid unnecessary conflict and everybody knows what's going on and on the same page and you can work together to ultimately accomplish, your bigger vision for whatever project or event you're planning.
3: Awesome. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then what are some ineffective ways to lead?
2: So ineffective, while you want to keep everybody in the loop, you don't want to micromanage. So, um, I don't know where I heard this quote, but it's, called checking in without checking up on people and at the end of the day you really shouldn't have to micromanage if you've empowered your team to live out the vision you've created so what i mean by this is if you've given them a love for what they do and they understand their why then you really don't have to worry or fear that they're not going to meet those deadlines or get the job done so this is much much easier said than done um But I think as a student pharmacist, it's really cool that we have the opportunity to practice this in student organizations and ultimately why I got so plugged in on campus.
3: In your opinion, what are some traditional and non-traditional ways that student pharmacists can develop their leadership skills?
2: So as traditional experiences, I would say get involved in your student orgs, just like I was previously mentioning, you know, I attribute a lot of my leadership skills to just the experience that I've had in these student organizations, whether that's from undergrad or during pharmacy school, they just give you this platform to learn and mess up in a safe environment. You know, we're bound to fail. So one of my advisors says fail fast and fail forward. And this has definitely been helpful throughout the past couple of years. You know, I haven't been a perfect leader, but um, these opportunities have shaped me and helped me mentor others throughout similar situations and ultimately grow from them. And that brings me to non-traditional. You know, we talk a lot about non-farm ways in class to um, manage chronic disease, chronic diseases. And that's something I'm really passionate about is the is uh, providing holistic care. And so some non-traditional ways that you can practice that as a student pharmacist is just taking care of yourself. So having that mind-body-soul balance. So whether that means you know going to the gym a couple times a week or um, getting plugged in your church or um, talking to your family, meditating, all these things are really great ways to practice and ultimately will help you be a more well-rounded practitioner.
3: Or even following you at RX Take Hard and getting some more leadership tips from you. Oh. So, Christy, on our social media show, we played a little game segment and I thought that we could do it again, but focusing on leadership. So I'm going to read to you some scenarios and you are going to tell me how you would handle it. All dun, right. dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> so scenario one. You are a group leader for a class assignment. There is an individual who is not doing their portion of the work or is submitting F material work with grammar mistakes. How do you handle that?
2: Oh gosh, this is a tough one. You know, almost everything in Farm D MBA program is team-based, so definitely experienced a variety of team dynamics and learned along the way, but um You know, I've had this scenario before, and I would just start out by making a comment in the Google Doc. I feel like that's a great way just to keep everyone accountable in the group. And if they don't reply or don't hear a response, just follow up with an email or text. And, you know, if still don't hear a response, maybe just address it outside of the assignment and just check in on them and see what's going on and how you can help resolve it. Um, Like I said earlier, I'm just a firm believer in clear communication and just getting to the root cause of, of the issue that you're experiencing. So the quicker that you can dissolve an issue, the better.
3: Interesting. Would your answer change if I told you that this classmate is a friend of yours?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely makes things a little trickier. Um, you know, we all become a family, especially at a small school like Belmont. So Yeah, I mean, it definitely does change a little bit. You have to be a little more delicate with the approach, but if they're your true friend, I feel like they'll appreciate um, the honesty and they won't feel like you're calling them out. They'll just feel like, okay, they're helping me improve and develop these skills to be a better pharmacist.
3: Love it, I love that answer. (laughs) So scenario two, you are the lead technician at your local pharmacy. And you have a technician who makes changes in workflow processes without consulting you and the pharmacist. One day the pharmacist asks you about the changes but you are unaware and this is this has happened several times in the past. What do you do?
2: So it would really depend on how serious the changes were. So if it was something minor, I would just start out with like a simple sticky note on the computer, just reminding text to follow a certain order or process. But if it was something more serious and affecting a patient's health, I would contact that person directly and just try to resolve it peacefully. And similar to um, the group dynamic that I mentioned earlier, these skills that we learned in pharmacy school are are setting us up so that we can thrive in the workplace. So I feel like the theme is very similar of clear communication.
3: Okay. And then scenario three, you are a member of a school organization and you have a lot of plans on how to grow the organization and plan events, but you are unable to get a hold of the president or vice president due to them being busy. How do you navigate this?
2: Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is so relatable. (laughs) And luckily our exec was so receptive of all the innovation we've done this year and, um, Hopefully our members don't feel that way about, you know, our current exec. Because so you're president difficult. now, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so is a little tricky to answer. But, um, you know, if I wasn't getting a response to an email or text, again, I'm just all about that in-person trying to figure out what's going on, maybe over coffee or a phone call if they can't meet up. Because um, oftentimes I feel like text, you know, you don't get that clear communication across, I don't know, just the inflection in their voice and that personable touch you kind of lose through that. So um, just wanna check on them and make sure they're okay. And you know, pharmacy school is crazy, so just try and make it as convenient as possible for them, um, especially if I was the one asking a favor. So yeah, it's just all about that teamwork at the end of the day.
3: Awesome. So scenario four, which you can definitely relate to, you are an organization president and one of your officers tells you that they want to have an event. You decline this suggestion. The member tells you in front of all the officers, do it this way, or I will quit my position. How do you handle it?
2: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Again, hopefully I don't have to count on this problem. I'm almost on my way out of presidency, but it's been a great year. So if this did happen, I would just kindly ask them to excuse themselves from that meeting and just discuss the details with them one-on-one or whoever is overseeing them. We've kind of split up our committees so that everybody has a touch point as you work your way up the like organizational chain, I guess you could say. Um, and that's been really helpful as far as not every issue has to be this big conflict. It could just be they're having a bad day or they got a bad test grade back or something like that. Um, So just check in on them and just ask them to excuse themselves. And, you know, if, you know, I think it's important to give people time to cool off, um, but you can't wait too long, like I said earlier, or else the problem just kind of like festers and gets a little worse. So, yeah, ultimately it just comes down to that clear communication and just respecting your fellow officers and exec in order to hold a position and work well on a team and have that healthy environment.
3: I just love how humble you are in terms of all your interactions and your suggestions. I also love how you um, maintain perspective and you looked at each person's perspective instead of um, assigning blame. How do you stay so humble and calm during pharmacy school? And you're doing a dual enrollment program. You're president of multiple organizations. You participate in a bunch of stuff. You're running your own blog. How do you do it?
2: Wow. Well, thank you so much. Um, That is like a fear of mine. I have to admit um, that maybe sometimes the message of hosting a blog and whatnot can come across as, I don't know, like humble brag or, you know, all those things. And that is a fear of mine, especially as a Christian. Um, Ultimately, I just hope that it encourages others to just love others and, um, you know, step out of their comfort zone. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you see it through that lens as well. And I mean, like I said, ultimately it just comes down to staying rooted and grounded personally, it's for my faith. And I think fitness is a huge um, aspect of that and just incorporating non farm measures into your life. And hopefully that'll just help make all of us better practitioners in the long run.
3: So let's say you have a student pharmacist, they're super shy, They're in- they're an introvert, and they wanna become a leader after listening to this episode. What is one piece of advice you would give them to start their leadership journey?
2: Show up, like just be there. I forget, is it 70 or 80% of it is just being there? Um, It's just so important. You don't realize like what you're exposed to just by being around others and you become like who you surround yourself with. So if you wanna be more extroverted, then just, start showing up and, um, it'll rub off on you and you don't have to lose that, um, that side of you to be a leader either. Like I said earlier, there's so many different shapes and sizes of leaders and you don't always have to be the charismatic outgoing leader. Um, we have a couple on our team this year that come to mind and they've been outstanding. They've planned some of the best patient care events and, you know, they're a little, a little more shy, but, um, still respected and loved by everyone on our team and on our campus. So yeah, I definitely think there's just all different shapes and sizes. So if you want to get involved, just put yourself out there and just show up.
3: And because I'm a fan, I know that you um, recommend tons of books to (laughs) a student pharmacist. What's one book that you're reading right now or you recommend for us to start reading to develop our leadership skills?
2: So I'm reading two right now. One is with a community group at my church, and it's called Messy, Beautiful Friendship. So I think that's great just for personal, you know, and it helps with leadership as well, because ultimately you want to be friends with your coworkers and uh, who you're surrounding yourself with, or at least I do. And then the other one is The Best Yes. So this one's really great for just learning how to not overextend yourself. Um, You know, there's a lot of opportunities, and I found that once people can find out you can do something, they ask you again. And that's so great and I love all the opportunities. Um, But you definitely have to be wise about where you invest or you'll burn out. So I think um, that's a really great one just for leadership and um, learning how to balance that work-life balance that we're all seeking.
3: Awesome. I am so humbled and thankful that you came on today's show with us, Christy. Um, We totally enjoyed you. Um, please, guys, remember to follow Christy at Rx Take rxtakeheart and I will make sure to tag her in the post when we upload this episode. Um, please remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for more fun tips, advice, and updates on the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me and this is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other.
0: Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to PharmacyFutureLeaders at gmail.com. Just remember,
2: never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives
0: we are pharmacy future leaders